Okay, guys. Uh, this isn't going to be a real episode. This is just a, a quick movie review. I went and saw Killers of the Flower Moon. And by saw, I mean made it approximately 60% of the way through the fucking movie. It's awful. <laughs> I've walked out. I've only wanted to walk out of like three movies in my life. And this is the one that I did. This is the one that I was like, all right, well, I'm done. I'm done here. This was something. I'll, it'll mostly be, I probably wouldn't have walked out, except I know it's going to be on Apple Plus in like two weeks. So I was like, I can finish the last. I'm going to go home, walk my dog, and start drinking heavily. Um, I can watch the rest in whatever, two, three weeks. The other two movies I almost walked out of, Watchmen, which... Now having this movie as context, like, I could, like, Watchmen and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I do not like. I do not like those movies. They are not for me. They are not good. Um, but if you were like, hey, Zach, you have to sit down with someone and argue how great Watchmen is and how great Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, I could do it. I could sit down and be like, and Watchmen is far better than once a time in Hollywood. Um, but I could be, I could be like, here's scenes, here's characters. I like here, watch this scene, this scene, this scene. They're so fucking cool. So well shot X, Y, Z great acting here. Great. Whatever here. And then my, my other film, um, critique that I get, fucking murdered for is that I love Tenet. Tenet's a fucking phenomenal movie. If you get that he's going for James Bond and he does Black James Bond before James Bond can do James Bond. Black James Bond. That's awesome. It's so funny. Like I think part of that is what's so funny to me is like A having seen every single James Bond movie at least five times like, I see some of the stuff he does, and it makes me laugh out loud because I'm like, oh, this is, he got it from this movie, and this is why he did it, and this is so fucking hilarious that he's basically showing up and telling the studio, I'm going to slap you in the face with my fucking dick and show you how much I know about James Bond movies and how much better I am at making them because I did these nine scenes. Also, like, I think he he knew Oppenheimer was in the well, so he's like, "Oh, it! I can do! I can just fucking drop my balls on the studio's face, and next year I'm gonna win all the Oscars. I'm gonna win all the Oscars with Oppenheimer. So, I, good luck. Like, Oppenheimer may beat Ben Hur, especially now that like Scorsese's film hits the shits." Um, I have no faith that the Ferrari movie's going to be good after watching House of Gucci and that fucking train wreck. Like, Ferrari, Adam Driver, and the same director, uh, no chance. No chance. It's worth any time in my life. Um, the Bradley Cooper movie came out, or, like, had, like, advertising... It's going straight to Netflix, but like there was no full 
full court press being like, go see this. And the same with Iron Claw about the wrestling family, the fan, whatever's. Um, which, if you know the story, it's going to just be sad. It's going to be a sad movie. Every 20 minutes, something extremely sad is going to happen. I don't know. I don't know what the underlying story, what the through line of this is going to be, other than like a guy built a dynasty, gave everything to his kids, and it didn't end well. <laughs> like, it's just going to be stupid. So I don't know what movie's supposed to come out. Napoleon? Napoleon, maybe. So you're going to have two three-hour movies. And Napoleon, whose story is war and fucking every hot slut, is going to have to compete with Oppenheimer, who has the most boring story, and somehow Christopher Nolan made it fucking amazing. Like, that that's part of my issue with what happens if Napoleon wins a ton of Oscars. Like, look at the material. He told us Oppenheimer, which is a story about a fucking Jew nerd being a Jew nerd and made it so good. And so, like... Maybe once in the three hours, 20 minutes, was I like, oh, all right, well, let's pick it up again. And then by the time I finished the sentence, they picked it up again. Compare that to Napoleon's life, which it's like, oh, he was winning war, like, sieges at age 16. He was, he controlled Europe by, like, 22. He lost Europe. He won Europe again. Like, there's so much to take and he could fuck anyone in the world he wanted and his smoking hot wife was fucking a lot of people too so it's like you could he could have the 10 hottest chicks in film right now and just do a sex scene with all of them and I'm like oh that's that's great like yeah I'm down to watch all these whores get plowed that could be the movie it could just be plowing 10s and then him murdering a ton of people in cool ways. It's like, how do you beat that? That's obviously an amazing fucking story. Um, and that was one of the problems I had with this. Is like, Killers of the Flower Moon, when I left, I was like, it was. I left when the FBI showed up. I was like, I know how Scorsese does FBI stories. And everything leading up to the FBI is supposed to be this super cool, awesome shit. Someone freaks out when the FBI shows up. It leads to the downfall of everyone involved. Aww. So I was like, oh, I know how this ends now. I mean, from the first five minutes, I was pretty sure I knew how it ended. And I was right. I had a friend. I was like, can you just text me how it ends? He was like, yeah, this is how it ends. I was like, oh, so what? how I thought it ended from two minutes into the movie is how it fucking ended. But, and so, like, so the problem is, you don't know who to cheer for. It's not like Departed, where, like, oh, there's so many, it's such a cast of characters, I don't know who to cheer for. And I, I do have my problems with the Departed. Don't get me wrong. But I also love that fucking movie. So, suck my balls. But, like, here it's like, oh, do I cheer for Leo? He seems to be doing bad things, but he seems to have a heart of gold or whatever. Who gives a shit? 
And then you're like, Robert De Niro, is he just the mob boss? And, like, he is, but he doesn't do anything. And they have him acting like like he's Danny DeVito. Oh, I don't know if I finished this. Like, the only thing I could do to make the end of the movie good is fucking... If Martin Scorsese is like, Margot Robbie, I launched your career. Do you want to be five years younger and just plow your box with a dildo for 20 minutes? If that's how the movie ended, I would have been like, oh, this is... That was worth it. But the end is exactly what you think it is two minutes into the movie. There's no Margot Robbie plowing your box. It's very sad and annoying. But also, they're like... And I asked people, I was like, is it because I'm racist? Is it because I hate red-faced Jew savages? And they're like, no, like you don't care for them. Like, the whole... Here's the plot of the movie. The... And it starts way too late. It starts, like, after anything interesting happened. So, like, red-faced Jew savages found oil on their land. They became the richest people in the history of America per capita. And they're so rich that they don't give a fuck. And all the chicks are marrying white guys. And they don't care that they're losing all their money. Which, pretty good argument for paying women less. Pretty good argument. Oh, you know that the white guys are just coming here to marry you for your money and you're still giving them your land rights and everything? Maybe women aren't the best at business. Maybe they fucking suck. Maybe they're not worth shit. Um, but so you're, you're, I think, supposed to cheer for the Native American women who are getting fucked by white guys and giving away all their money. And I, like, I, I mean, they, they were born into super rich families, never had to do anything. Like, never had a job. This chick never had a job. It's like, yeah, who gives a fuck? Oh, you're taking, taking advantage of someone who's lived every day however they want and gets to spend any money they want on anything they want. They've never had a second of sadness in their life. Oh, man, I'm so bummed out that people are conning them out of their money. And by conning them out of their money, I mean they still have money where they spend every second of every day doing exactly what the fuck they want. It's retarded. So you sit there all the whole... And the main girl has diabetes. So I was like, I hate people with diabetes. They're weak. So you have a weak, red-faced Jew savage that I'm supposed to feel bad for? She's diabetes, red-faced Jew savage, and what would today be considered a multimillionaire? And you want me to feel bad for her? <laughs> Good luck! What, they're hiring white people as the help and I'm supposed to feel bad for them? That's a tough sell, Marty! That's a tough sell. But if you look at, like, Casino or Goodfellas or Wolf of Wall Street, the thing that Martin Scorsese does best is, like, building it up. So he shows that these people had nothing and then got rich doing something bad, joining the mafia or whatever. Or in Wolf of Wall Street, where it's like, oh, I was an innocent kid coming off the bus, and here I am, and then I became less innocent, and you follow him down this path of 
becoming worse and worse, but the whole time you're like, I want to be him. That's not once was like, I want to be Robert De Niro. Not once was like, I want to be Leo DiCaprio. I don't even know if Leo has anything going for him. I don't know if Robert De Niro has anything going for him. It never shows him like covered in cocaine, surrounded by 30 awesomely breasted women. It's just like, oh yeah, I like to buy cars. I bought car. I'm happy. And my wife, I used her money to buy car and I'm happy. And you're like, all right. And then you see the car and it's a, you know, it's one of the first cars. It's the first Buick, let's say. And you're like, cool. It's not like Wolf of Wall Street where the Lamborghini he's driving around in 40 years ago, we still consider fucking cool as shit today. Might have been a Ferrari. Whatever. But, like, these guys, I'm like, oh, you, yeah, you drive old-timey shitty cars. You have an old-timey shitty house. I don't know how much you're stealing from this red-faced Jew diabetes savage, but it doesn't seem to be making you happy at all. I don't see any benefit. And they added to the story that, like, Leo and his brother still do, like, petty crimes. So they're like, oh, he stole this whole lady's fortune, but at the same time he went and, like, stole someone's ring. You're like, why? Don't you have a wife who gets paid, like, what is today considered, like, $50,000 a week? And you can't figure out how to find joy out of that. So it's 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 just bad. It's bad all the way through. I don't know why any marketing helped it. I have no connection to any of the characters. And it'd be one thing if I was saying this and like I couldn't think of a good similar time period movie. But Revenant with Leo, I really enjoy. There Will Be Blood, very similar story. Amazing movie. Like, I, it can be done. It could, Martin, it can be done. Oh, and I think I want to end on this just because, like, I didn't see the end. That's exactly what you think. The whole movie, you're just kind of bored. There was, like, one scene where I was like, oh, it's picking up. And then they're like, no, it's not. And you're like, you're right, it's not. This sucks. This is boring. So I think it'll get, like, the best wardrobe fucking second-hand prize. But again, Oppenheimer also was a period piece. It was 1940 America, 1930 America. So they had really good wardrobes and a good story. Um, But before the movie starts, Martin Scorsese comes out. He's like, this is the story that's very near and dear to me. I wanted to tell the story for a long time since reading the book. I love the Osage people. Um, We filmed this movie in Oklahoma and we had tons of like Osage chiefs and tribal leaders help us film the movie. We put Osage people in the movie, which just translates to, Hey, it's 2023 and you can't make a movie about a race of people without the director writer being of that race. So sorry, red faced Jew savages. You guys suck dick at making movies. So they got this old dirty Jew wop and he's going to make it. That, that was what that opening scene was for any of you who don't understand what that was. That's what it was. It was, sorry, Native Americans can't make movies. They're fucking retards. They only know how to scalp little 
attractive blonde German girls who are trying to escape becoming a Nazi. Um, so here, here's a movie by a talented Jew-wop. That's That's what he's saying. But they dress it up very nice and force you to watch it before a four-hour movie. Because, you know, four hours is enough. I need a two-minute two explanation of why a Jew-wop's allowed to fucking make this movie. Thank you. Thank you so much for that piece of information. It really got me in the mood for this four-hour piece of shit I'm about to fucking watch. That you shouldn't sympathize or care about any of the characters. Um, I had something else. I had something else, and I forgot it. Everyone wears, like, comically big cowboy hats, too. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio's friend wears one that's goofy, and Leo wears a goofily big one. His, like, wife lady gives it to him. Oh, the other problem is everyone's way too old. Way too old. And, like, if I was defending the movie, I would be like, Oh, it was an artistic choice because people only lived till 50 back then. So having someone who's 42 playing a 21-year-old, that's an artistic thing because, like, in our mind, 42's old. And in their mind, 21 was old. So it's inflation they're basically doing. But honestly, it was like, and I touched on this earlier, it's like, wait, he's like 60. Ugh. He's 60 and has a million dollars, which translates to a hundred million dollars today. And I'm supposed to feel bad. He lived 10 years of his life doing whatever the fuck he wanted. I feel bad that he went to jail for five years. No, I'm good. And they could have done something. They could have had a World War One scene where it showed Leo in battle and like how shitty life was there. And then translate that to where he is now. And it's like why he does, thinks he deserves to have this money and shit like that. But no, it's just like, oh, I came down to Oklahoma. I'm going to get rich marrying one of these Jew savages. And the Jew savage is like, you can get rich doing that. I, I'm guessing Native Americans have very tiny penises. That Like white men, they're like, holy shit, a white? I'll take that four-inch cock. So, yeah, so, like, the whole time you're supposed to feel bad for these people dying young. And you're like, no, they look pretty old. They seem like, like, oh, the fat sister who drinks every night and starts fights with people died. You're supposed to feel bad. I'm like, no, she was annoying. I was, the second I met her, I hope she died. And you gave that to me. And it felt un satisfactory because it was just like we found the body i would have loved to see the life leave her eyes that would have made my night so yeah really bad movie op and i am still gay great remember guys gay's okay